can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Everyone, welcome to Tuesdays with Dan and Kelly. Hey, Dan. Hey, Kelly. How are you? I'm I'm okay. You, you been, survived. I was gonna say you survived your heat out there. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and then my truck kept overheating, so we had to try and figure that out. And oh, it's it's been bad. Yeah, I can't imagine. Uh, we we get heat in the summer and humidity and stuff, but to have a stretch like that, as high as that, I I don't know that we've ever had had it that bad. Yeah, 115, 113. Oh, it was it was miserable. And then on top of it, we got a fire. So then you had the heat with the smoke, and like it is not fun. Like I already slow down when it's hot, but when you mix the smoke in, you're even. It's like worse. Like I get headaches, and it hurts to like breathe out there. You know why did the Beverly Hillbillies ever pick up and move out there? <laughs> Never really could figure that out. Seems yeah. seems like it's not paradise. It is like where I am in Northern California. I I like it because I'm an hour from or an hour and a half from the mountains, an hour and a half from the beach, and it's really pretty. But the last what three or four years, these these fires have been just off the hook. Like the one they currently had when I saw was reading about it yesterday, they they had it zero percent contained, and like thirty four thousand acres had been burnt. Wow. It's just crazy seeing the pictures of people I know in those areas like, oh, this is my backyard. Or what was it? Pool Magazine, Marianne, she posted a picture of a pool that was covered with the flame retardant, which is all red. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, that pool's ruined. But it's like, hey, at least your house isn't burning down. Yeah, right. Wow. So I imagine all your customers are very reasonable and this kind of heat and fire and all that stuff goes on, right? They're like, no, today's my day. You're still coming. And I'm swimming oh, at one. So you better be here by 11 so I can still swim. There are some out there that are still like that. Luckily, because I don't have my route, it's different where I can be like, okay, I'm just, you know, I'm sorry, but I'll have to come tomorrow. Yeah. So um, doing doing repairs, you're a little more flexible than when you're, when you're having to get all the pools done in a, in a day, in a week, in a month, et cetera. Right. My, I do a lot of warranty work and those are where I get some of the crazies. <laughs> Rec- yeah. Recently had one where the heater wasn't working right. She had a party on Labor Day weekend. And the only reason I went as fast as I did to go check it out was because it was a friend of mine servicing the pool. I'm like, okay, I'll I'll be there th- on Saturday. I show up on Saturday. It ended up being something different than we thought it was based off the codes he got because I di- I got different codes. So I had to order the part. So she 
was she's like, well, I need you to give me a whole new heater then. And I'm oh. like, ma'am, I'm like, ma'am, I, I can't do that. The supplier is closed today. So I can't oh. get anything. And the part had to be ordered because none of my suppliers had that part. And she just was like, no, I need this now. And I'm not waiting. And I'm like, I understand you have a party and I know you want to use your spa, but it's also 110 outside. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just uh, you know, turn the sprayers on. It'll, it'll yeah. be warm. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, when you're doing that warranty repair work, you're looked at as if you are Hayward, right? So you've got yeah. unlimited access to whatever you need. You've got a, a, you know, Felix the Cat's magical bag that you just open up, reach in, and pull out whatever it is that that you happen to need, and get the thing going. And and that's the expectation sometimes, huh? Yeah, they expect you to be able to fix it right then and there. Or replace the whole unit, and that's not always an option. You know, we've we've got uh, our share of that stuff, and you know, I, I guess the the real thing is the you know, there's so many so many customers that we've got that are so extremely understanding, and then there's a, a relatively small percentage that are always the ones that you kind of cringe when the phone rings and it's them, or the text yeah. comes through and it's them. It's like, oh, geez, what are we going to get yelled at today for? You know. Oh, yeah, I, ha- I have one where every time they need anything, can't connect to their Internet because of certain obstacles. They got their router and, she- and the wife texts me, OK, I-, I need you to come on this day on this day. And I'm like, uh, I'm, so- I'm sorry, I can't do that. I can come on this other day. And it's just interesting. Like you said, she's one of those ones when you see that, that she's contacting you, you're like, oh, what now? <laughs> Yeah, we, through the years we've we've put up with uh, you know so many people that that well to be honest with you in the last couple of years because of the demand because of what COVID has done to our industry making all of us in such demand we have started calling the herd a little bit and you know the people that are always unreasonable and always difficult to to deal with we've in some cases kind of laid it on the line with them and said look. You know, things are going to be a little bit different here for us. Have, have you run into any of that in the last couple of years, especially since since most of us have been so busy that you don't need to take the abuse when people are that way? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I've had a couple where I'm doing their startup and they're just being ridiculous. And I'm like, yeah, I can't. Unfortunately, I won't be able to do this for you anymore because obviously we aren't able to communicate what's going on on the same level. It's because, you know, you get to a point where you're just like, I don't need to be treated like this. And I think this is a great lead into what our subject is today about these difficult customers and how to know if they're going to be difficult and how to fire them. Yeah. And it's it's sort of like the last uh last step right if if all else fails then sometimes you're just not a match and uh, you know i you kind of said it at the start there how do you identify them or is there a way to identify them early on and and things like that um you know what what kind of things do you do do you have any processes or or have you done anything in terms of uh even going to seminars or or different types of training to help you identify people that maybe aren't a good fit? So for me, I 
I haven't taken anything about that. It's been more conversation with other people that have been doing it for longer than I have, or just from experience. When I did have a route and I'd have to go out and check the pool and everything, it was very big for me to literally go to the pool and do that bid. And I wanted to make sure the customer was there with me so I could meet them. I found that when I would take on weekly service that I just gave a quote through pictures and talking to them on the phone, that those ended up being the more difficult customers. I also found that those same customers that were too busy to meet me were, again, the more difficult customers. Yeah, and and that's often where where problems come in too, right? When when the customer just, I don't have time for you. You just make sure my stuff is perfect and everything's going to be good and just don't bother me. You know, and when, uh, you know, those those can be tough to deal with. Uh, through through the years, in different ways, I've found the sources, I guess, of where to place customers, how to identify a customer and that. And many years ago, I, I think it might have been Mario Rossetti who, who does a lot of seminars and teachings and such, mostly sales oriented, talked about classifying. And, and I've done this in many different ways for years, but classifying how most everybody can be put into one of four different classifications in terms of their personality. Mm-hmm. And if you identify what classification they fit into, then they're are keys that you can pick up on to fit into their mode of thinking better. And, you know, so you give that demanding person certain keys that that allow you to work together with them. And, you know, it's kind of funny because these are sales courses that I've attended through the years that have hit upon these things that actually are uh, customer relations related that play into the service end of the business uh, as much, if not even more sometimes than the sales end of our business. Well, I would also think when it comes to, like you had said, you have a company where you have a lot of employees, kind of knowing what that personality characteristics are is going to be good for even assigning a tech to that particular pool. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they're all of our technicians and we, our company, we do have a little over 50 employees throughout from all aspects of the business. But, uh, you know, knowing our uh, technicians and knowing what their personalities are and where potential conflicts might be with certain customers' personalities or the other way where benefits might be. You know, we've got some some of the technicians that just have a, a way about them with certain customers that they woo them instantly. <laughs> here and launch your product with the Talking Pools podcast. For information on sponsoring the Tuesdays with Kelly and Dan show, contact us at talkingpools at gmail.com.
instantly. <laughs> you know, there's like this karma there that just uh, you, you can't make this stuff up. It just is is a, a natural flow. And when we run into a customer that's got, you know, maybe they've got a pump that's been giving our maintenance technicians problems for weeks or months or even years, and we switch it up and send a you know more senior tech out there and one that's got a little bit of a way with people to finally convince them, look, it's time. We need to put tombstone over it. We'll bury it in the yard. You can keep it as a memorial, but it's time to move on. You know, we, we try to use those things to our advantage. So, yeah, identifying where people fit and where they may not fit is is certainly something we look at. on. And even within the company as well, when we've got there are a lot of things we're doing that we started, as we talked about last week, winterizing pools. And a lot of our crews are two people. Rather, our techs are all men right now, but we have had a lot of women through the years. But two people working together to get the, the pool closed up. And there are some personalities there, too, that you, you might match up a couple of people that will be able to go out and get seven or eight closings done in a day. And they come back smiling at the end of it. And if you match the wrong two up, it may be a little bit rougher and not as fun for everyone. So I, I think that's where everything starts with customer relations and, and trying to head off ever getting into a point of where you uh, feel the need to fire somebody. Another thing that I know I also noticed when I'm referring to the weekly service, because those are the, usually the customers where you are needing to make sure that you jive together. Yeah. Since it's a more long-term type of situation, I would have my service agreements. And yes, my service agreement was two pages, but it was two pages because of formatting, you know, okay. make sure you can read. It's big enough for you to read. You have my logo, you know, make it look nice. But if somebody refused to sign the agreement, because I had one that said it was too long, then that was another way to know if this was a customer I wanted to work with or not. Because to me, a service agreement is a great way of communicating exactly what the expectations of everybody is. Absolutely. Everything truly, I think, boils out to expectations and managing expectations. And if if you have someone, you know, you have a standard service agreement for whatever it is you do, and you have somebody that's like that that just doesn't want to sign it, that should really be a red flag that this is not something that's going to be long lasting. You know, we have service agreements for everything we do, every single thing we do. Our pool winterizing agreements that we we sent out to everybody and we I think I mentioned last week we close over a thousand pools every year. If a customer won't sign it, then we won't do it. You know, the agreement spells out what we're going to do. It spells out how we're going to do it in some cases. It spells out, you know, what type of liabilities there are, both on the consumer's end as well as on our end for things being done or not being done. You know, simple things like no access, right? I know you've talked about that many times before. What do you do when there's no access? Well, it's going to cost you. What do you do when you don't have all of your materials available for us that we need to winterize your pool the day that we do it? What's going to happen? And we still run into all kinds of people that sign it and never read it. And and that's always a little bit complex, but it, it helps us diffuse the 
situation when we can easily go back and say what well, was all in the agreement. And, um, you know, you've got a two page agreement. Some of our agreements can go into six, seven, eight pages, certainly building pools. Those are much longer. You know, the building pool end of things, we, we sit down and go line by line through it with them, reading it for them uh, because there's so, it's so much that goes on there. But and, and with that, too, having the agreement and having it signed is is one thing. But, you know, certainly smaller companies, we've got some depth and ability to be able to have back office staff that are processing all this stuff when you're doing it on your own or, or a husband and wife team or a small group of people and, and everybody is out every day working. How do you how do you handle that? You know, how do you what do you do with those agreements to make sure? Is it something you're carrying it with you on a, a tablet? You, do you do an electronic signature thing? How are you getting those things presented? For me, um, I use sign now, which is like DocuSign, where I will email them the contract and then they sign it. If I'm there in person with them, I do have paper copies. I'm still learning the whole sign now program so I could figure out a way to have my tablet there and just have them sign it right then through the tablet. So then I don't have to worry about, I can have everything digital and, you know, in a file somewhere instead of having all these papers, because those are really key. Like even my repairs, anything over $500, I put, I'm, I do a, an agreement, a contract on it. State of California also says I have to do that. But again, that this is the work you're getting. This is how much, this is when it's due. There's even a payment schedule on that because, you know, again, I want everything up front. Communication is really just key to everything in life. And if you can't communicate, it really does cause a lot of issues. Yeah. You know, we've we've got uh, and this is something we just uh, did this year. So we require anyone that we service to have a credit card on file with us for payment for the services. Now, most of our fees are paid in advance, which is mm-hmm. something that I know a lot of the industry doesn't do. Right. It paid in advance, like on our winterizings, as an example, we have a, a deposit that's required to confirm the schedule date to lock in the date that they've selected. And the day before we actually go out, when we're doing all of our confirmation texts confirming the appointment the next day, the balance is applied to that credit card that's on file. So before the truck ever rolls out in the morning the next day, we're paid in full for that winterizing. And we might have some extra charges for something that that would come in and, and you know, we'll hit that card the following day for those. But the, the fees and that's all written into our agreement. It, it says exactly that, that that's how we're going to process it. And it uh, wasn't something that we did overnight. It took us uh, actually many, many years to eventually get to that point. But uh, at this point, in the last two years has certainly been beneficial that way, because if you have someone that calls up and says, hey, I want you to do this, and you say, okay, we can do it, but this is our procedure, they're either going to accept it or they're not. And you're both either going to move forward together or move forward separate. And it's it's their choice then. And that is a good, another good test of seeing if it's a quality customer. Yeah. I started just recently doing deposits on almost everything. And my deposit usually is what will cover the, the materials I'll need to do what I'm doing. And I did that because I was having issues with customers. I would perform the work, but they didn't want to pay me. Yeah. Or I even had a customer once for a startup. I dealt mainly with the wife. But the husband paid the bill and he sent me what he thought I was worth. Oh, sure. Isn't that nice? Which was about one fourth of what was due. Yeah. So 
that's a way of having those deposits definitely do test. Okay. Is this someone that I possibly want to work with? Right. Yeah, we, we actually this year put one of our, uh, well, the, the form that we require them to fill out with the credit card information, and we use Adobe sign for, for electronic signatures, and we've got that embedded into our website. Mm-hmm. So we don't even have to send it to somebody. They can go to our website. It's not something that's accessed you know, through the menu of the website or something. We have to tell them where to go to find it. But okay. they fill it fill it out like any DocuSign, and when they hit done, um, it emails copies to both, and it's it's all over with, and it's instant. So you know, sometimes we we might have uh, people that will prepay for services by check or cash, and then when the technician gets out there, he finds that there are additional things that need to be done, and we need to be paid for that, and they don't have a credit card on, on file, so we just direct them to that web page and. and you know, the technician will tell them on the phone or whatever, hey, go here, fill this out. As soon as the office sees it, they'll tell me and I can get going on it. And, you know, we give them a brief window of time to accomplish that. Otherwise, he's going to move on his way and, and that repair will have to be rescheduled for a later date so that we're never do an awful lot of business. And our receivables right now are probably less than $30,000. Oh, wow. And, and at, you know, the end of, well, the end of last year, we were just under $8 million in total sales as a company. So to have receivables that are almost nothing uh, was a goal of mine many, many years ago. And, you know, we're, we're, we're doing it. I know others can do it. And that certainly takes a lot of the grief out of issues that cause you to eventually think you need to fire a customer. Thank you, Dan, for always coming on here with me. Way better than talking to myself. And please like us, follow us, share us, review us. If you have any suggestions of episodes you would like us to talk about, please email us or direct message us on social media. And yeah, we'll see you again or hear you. You'll hear us again on Tuesdays. Have a good day. Thanks, Kelly. We'll see you next time. Okay, bye. Bye. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 